Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. Hi, it's Andrew Main. Welcome to another episode of the Performance Intelligence Podcast with a twist. In fact, a celebration, a birthday celebration. I'm joined by Shannon Frost, Frosty. Shannon is my EA, a business manager, but she's got her fingerprints all over the podcast from people we talk to, to the research, and especially working with Wizard on amplification. Wizard, Thomas, you're in here every time we record. We're now doing podcasts on the road as well. We've got our first live interview that we recorded as part of our program with Navy. That's next week with Tom Travojevic. Really looking forward to that. So, Wizard, welcome. Hey, I think we've got to start with a birthday song after three. One, two, three. Happy birthday to us. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, dear Performance Oh, that's horrible. I think we're going to lose everybody. So, Wiz, Shan, today I wanted to do some reflection because we know research tells us this. You both hear me bang on about this all the time in programs, whether it's online, live, or in coaching sessions the power of reflecting. And Shannon, we were talking about this after a big event in Canberra recently, just looking forward at the podcast. And I went, hey, I think it's our birthday. And you said, yeah, it's early October. So we're going to have a celebration. I'd like to reflect, first of all, on the content, on the episodes that have moved us. Second, Wiz, we talk about this regularly, that process of continual improvement, reflection, what's working, what's not, how can we get better? I want to do that formally. So let's look at learnings that we've had. Shannon as well, you joined us nine months ago. What what lessons have you learned in the podcast? And three, crystal ball. Let's get a little bit excited about some of the changes, some of the aspirational ideas we've got for the future. So first of all, Wiz, I'll start with you. Give me one or two episodes in the past 12 months that really impacted you? Yeah, I mean, I think all of them in some way have impacted me because they're all so good, not to toot our own horn, but I think we haven't had a bad episode yet, so yay us. And I think the first one I think of is with Dean Thompson from the Navy. That one was really good. I think that's probably one of my favourite ones we've done so far. And the main takeaway I had from that one was it's not just about becoming a good leader, it's also about being a good follower when you're not at the top. And I think that's really important in today's society because all you ever hear about is oh you need to get to the top here's how to get to the top here's how to be the best blah 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 blah. and i think a lot of people do lose that ability to be you know underneath someone else and just say all right they're in charge i'm just gonna let them do what they do i will bring up issues if i find them but you know we're gonna go with their plan I really enjoyed that one as well. It was great. Ange and I were sitting in this room. We had Dean in this room as well, looking resplendent in his military uniform. He always looks tall. I reckon people in uniform look a couple of inches taller. <laughs> but that balance between leadership and followership, yeah, I've brought that into my teaching as well. Because yeah. you're right, you go into a bookstore, it's leadership, you know, 101 leadership lessons, you know, Al Dunlap's lesson. But it's always about the leader. It's yeah. not, or it's rarely about followership. So that was a really nice message. We've had lots of comments, lots of feedback about that as well, not just from military people we work with, but from entrepreneurs, coaching clients, even some of the athletes I work with have listened to that and said, hey, I really enjoyed that podcast with Commander Dean Thompson. Yeah, even we've got some feedback from people within the Defence Force, uh, how much they loved it as well, because we're running programs with them. And it's been good, you know, being able to sit in the front row of those programs and just see these changes that the people are making and just see... I used to think Defence Force was a lot more rigid and while it is still there is a command structure in there, 
they are they do seem a lot more open to change and hearing opinions than I would have initially thought. So here's a little clip from that episode with Dean. I think really sums it up nicely. Look, I, I think to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. You need to know what it is to follow. You know, to and and when I say follow, that doesn't mean you can't challenge the status quo, but you have to do it in a respectful way. Uh, and, and if you have been a good follower and you have learnt those skills, then when you are leading and someone does have a, a different opinion or wants to offer, you know advice, then you're open to it. We use something in the Navy called, um, we, we stole it from the airline industry, which is, you know, they use cockpit resource management. We use bridge resource management. And it's about setting the environment, the ecosystem on the bridge of a ship where regardless of who the individual is, they can raise a concern and they know that they can raise it and it can be taken seriously. Now, as the leader, I have to acknowledge the concern. I don't have to act upon it necessarily, but at least they've been listened to because maybe they've seen something or heard something that I haven't and that everyone else hasn't. So it's really important to establish that that ecosystem where followers can be heard and leaders can lead. And then the next podcast I really thought was good was talking to Dr. Nicola Gates about imposter syndrome because it's a term that you hear a lot, but I think a lot of people don't quite understand it properly. And I think Dr. Nicola really explained it very clearly, what it is and how you can deal with it. I, I like that you've chosen that, but I think it's interesting you've chosen that. Mm. Can I ask you a question? We're going yeah. to turn this into a coaching session. You didn't realize <laughs> we we're going to do coaching. It was just a reflection. I've seen you grow a lot in the last 12 months with podcasting. The question I've got, do you think you maybe had imposter syndrome? And then when you heard Nicola talk about that, you went, ah, I, I can frame it. I've now got a few skills to work around that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, starting a podcast when we started, I didn't know anything. I don't know if you knew anything. I know you listened to a lot of podcasts. But oh, that's I remember extent. the conversation. So performance intelligence, while we've been going for 12 months, we had a program with NAB called NAB Business Fit. So Shannon, you went around then. At the start of COVID, we lost 90% of revenue. It was horrible. Just contracts just kept falling over. People kept cancelling. Totally get it. But we didn't have any long-term programs. We had no digital platform, didn't have a podcast. Thank goodness a wonderful woman, Anna Marankovic from NAB, reached out via Quinton Boys and we started a podcast as part of the NAB Business Fit program to help the millions of small business owners in Australia who are really struggling like we were. So we really understood the narrative. And I can remember saying to you, we said, hey, we've also bundled in a podcast. We're going to do a podcast. And you asked me, what do you know about podcasting? Do you remember what I said to you? I think it was along the lines of absolutely nothing. I think, in fact, it was absolutely fuck all, mate. But we can learn. <laughs> so beep that out. <laughs> thank you, Anna. Thank you, QB, for that opportunity during mm, COVID. Absolutely. And like everything, when you get an opportunity, I think stick your hand up. Yep. And then behind the scenes, it's a duck. We often talk about in our leadership programs, Frosty, calm on the surface, but paddling like crazy underneath. So yeah, we signed up with NAB. Thirty podcasts had absolutely no fucking idea. And interesting that you've evolved or you've acknowledged that you had imposter syndrome. Yeah, I'll give you a recent example. We had a live event happen a little while ago and everything went wrong. You name it, it went wrong. I started to get a bit of imposter syndrome in that because I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? I don't know any of this. And then I thought about, back to that podcast with Nicola and I thought, okay, well, I have done this before. Yes, a lot of things have gone wrong, but I do know what I'm doing so I can calm down take it back to what I know and we'll just deal with one problem at a time. 
And I found that really helpful. I won't mention the client, but was that event in a large auditorium in a city outside of Sydney and the sound deck blew? There were problems with the microphone, everything. You, You name it. Name a piece of technology. I'll tell you what went wrong with it. Well, I think even the SVGA cord plugged into the laptop at the start. Remember that? That yep. literally shit itself with two minutes to go. Yep. Where, yeah. So here's a little clip from that podcast with Dr. Nicola that really, I think, explains what I'm talking about. The research shows that having imposter syndrome actually doesn't lead to a degradation in your performance. What does that mean? It means you still perform exceedingly well, even though you've got those feelings. And people often think because I've got imposter syndrome, that their work might decline or their performance might decline and not be very good. But in actual fact, that's not what it shows at all. And most of the time, I think it's been helpful to me rather than a hindrance to me. And that's because I've counterbalanced it. And but with the notion of being curious, so driven to learn, curious, generous, share what you know I think that for me has been tempered and I invite other people to think how they're going to temper it to make it helpful and I think that you know generally the therapy models are firstly recognize that it's there and and think about how you can make it helpful I think that's the first point and you know as I said you've got to start internalizing things so that's about rewriting your mental program Frosty the rose between the two thorns in the studio today (laughs) give me one or two that have really impacted you first one that comes to mind is a recent podcast we just did with Dr. Ben Hamer. He's a young futurist here in Australia. Fascinating to listen how the world is going to change. Not in five, ten years, we, should, we think so short term, but in 30, 40 years. And, you know, we weren't prepared for the pandemic and that was a topic you brought up with him. What's the future of pandemics? What's the future of work offices, sex, technology? What is it he all? He blushed. He said, because we didn't <laughs> talk in the briefing notes about the future of sex. And then he mentioned it. And so I went, right, let's go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And then he said, I'm blushing, Andrew. But it was, it was a great conversation. Ben yeah. was so authentic. Yeah, it was just great to hear what he thinks is going to happen. But then I also didn't know what futurists do. Uh, we, I think we all went in there quite skeptical. So to learn what a futurist does, they use real data. They're really analysis. Uh, to prepare us for the future as individuals, but also businesses. A moment that I wanted to bring up was Ben actually explaining what the future of work can look like because we weren't prepared for how much change the pandemic was going to bring to us. So I think it's a good idea we sort of prepare ourselves this time. And it was great because you actually brought your young children into the into the example, into the context. So I wanted to bring that moment through so we can hear what the future of work is going to look like. Well, Sophia and Millie will still be going into the office. They're just not getting in a car or getting on a train and going into a physical building. So they're putting on a headset, they're putting on contact lenses to go into an office where they'll still interact with everyone without needing to physically leave their own home. So I think that the the biggest thing that I think is going to drive all of this, so there's a a study that came out that said 45% of Gen Z feel like they can be more themselves in virtual environments versus 40% in person. So the first generation ever to say, I am more myself online than in real life. And this is what's going to drive the adoption of all of this kind of technology. And I was talking to someone who's part of that generation because, you know, for me, I'm a millennial. So I'm what you would call a digital native. But then for these people, they're digi sapiens. They have they didn't live through the transition. They never used to do handwriting essays and then they started typing them. They've only ever typed them. And so this group of digi sapiens, that's their expectation. And I said to them, why do you feel more authentic online and virtually? And they said, well, if we go into the metaverse, which they don't even call the metaverse, it's just it, 
So the metaverse is like an old person term. Um, but when they go into the metaverse, they're an avatar. It doesn't matter if you're skinny or fat in real life, if you're hot or if you're ugly, it doesn't matter how much money your parents earn and therefore the clothes that you can afford to buy. In the metaverse, you're an avatar. You're judging me for my personality. You're not judging me by what I look like and my socioeconomic status. And so there's a level of authenticity that comes with that. And so, for example, when execs say you need to come into the office because that's the only way to make relationships, bullshit. That's how you make relationships and you always have. But for these emerging generations, they make relationships probably better virtually online, playing Fortnite, talking to people they've never met in real life who they've developed really strong connections with. And then the second podcast episode I wanted to highlight was Shelley Roberts. Uh, I, I was really curious to, to see what you both come up with, Wiz. I, yeah, great examples. Mm. Oh, I thought you might do, Shelley, because yeah. she's from South Africa. You said she's such a boss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call her Sunshine Shelley, as you affectionately call her. But yeah, um, she's a previous coaching client of yours, but she's also the group chief commercial officer at Compass Group. They're a massive organization that provides food and support services to millions of people around the world. So I personally found that episode a, a, a hallmark in the series because for, yeah, she's South African, I'm South African. She's emigrated from South Africa. It's a big deal moving countries. She's done it multiple times. She's built up her career. If you look at her resume, she's worked for some big, big names here in Australia. Now she's got a seat at the table of a global company. So for me, extremely inspiring as I'm in the early stages of my career, but for our listeners, I feel like a lot of them might actually find her story quite relatable. They might be in a similar position because she's killing it at her career, but her personal life needed a bit of work. She couldn't she couldn't keep going the way she was going. So she seeked help in terms of coaching with you. So I wanted to highlight the moment where she's really speaking to listeners that might relate to her story. Um, so let's have a listen. What would you say to someone who just feels overwhelmed, overloaded and quite frank, over it. I think the, um, you know, when I see this in with members of my team, I come back to the airline analogy of put your mask on first because actually you can't be a great executive, you can't be a great mum, you can't be a great sports, per, you know, athlete or sports person if you actually aren't nourishing yourself and you aren't creating the space for yourself. So I think for me that switch had to go on, that actually I'm not an infinite resource and the quality of what I'll be able to bring. And, and I saw this when I did change and I took fewer meetings, the quality of what I was able to produce in those meetings and the quality of my thought process and my decision-making improved because actually I wasn't running on MT the whole time. And whilst I thought I had unlimited energy, I actually didn't. And so all that was happening was the quality and the time were a trade-off. That's such a great example from Shelley. My take from that is if every client was like Shelley, I wouldn't have a coaching business. Like I haven't, <laughs> I haven't coached her for the last 12 months. We've had regular contact, but she's just such a wonderful student. And you talk about mastering craft, which comes up a lot with, especially when we talk about the, the high performer series, whether it's an athlete, an artist, an entertainer, people in media, some of the musicians we've spoken to, we talk about that mastery of craft. Shelley is such a great example yeah. of mastering craft. I found this really difficult. You both know <laughs> this. Every Monday morning, we have a team meeting at 9 a.m., 30-minute meeting. We do a little bit looking back in the week. Just gone, we pick a best bit. How often do I say, oh, can I add another best bit? I think if I'm away ever for sport or if I'm away for uh, keynote speaking on a Monday the previous week, I always double up. So I found it difficult to get to, but I did. 
First one was the wonderful discussion, authentic discussion, the moving discussion we had with Tiger Kennelly and David Eccles uh, from W Now when no one's watching. And it was similar to here. I, I was sitting here. Dave and Tiger were sitting where you two are. That episode moved me emotionally and I can still – I feel it now. Wiz, mm. you're in the room oh, with yeah. me. They just got me to open up and talk and I thought I was interviewing them but they ended up interviewing me. To give you context, two important parts to the backstory. One is that morning we went to Balmoral. It was freaking freezing. We did oh, the yep. session with them. I think it was the coldest day we'd had in three years in Sydney. So we did a session on the beach. So we had that good rapport that morning, seeing what they were doing, had a bit of a laugh with them, saw some of the wonderful examples from the work they do. And also the second part, at that stage, my dad was really struggling with his health. Doctor had diagnosed him with fibroids, likely to end up with fibrosis, and, and dad still hadn't had any improvement. Thankfully, he's been having hyperbaric chambers. He's so much better now. That's good. It was still very raw for me at that stage. I just burst into tears and opened up, and it felt like a therapy session. So Tyg and Dave, I'll make sure you get a copy of this and listen to the episode. Very, very powerful what they're doing and just two great blokes two guys who aren't afraid to you know, put their emotions their heart on their sleeve and that was a moving conversation for me and here's a clip i've chosen from that discussion i'll ask you and what have you gained from coming the last couple of times you've come well i wanted to share this morning and i'll share with you now and on the weekend uh tim zoo had a a, a 70-second boxing fight against Carlos Ocampo, and I took my mum and dad. And then after, Tim's partner, Alexandra, said, oh, Andrew, look, come down, and uh, Tim would like to meet your parents. And my dad was like, it was like he was 10. And dad has recently had some health complications as well. Uh, fibroids, which ultimately leads to fibrosis. Um he he dropped his guard with me. You fuckers. <laughs> this is meant to be about you. And he took me to the airport on Monday and he said, Andy, I'm scared. And yeah, I'm not sleeping well. And we've got him a specialist. So it's the first time I've thought that my strong dad is he's going down that path. And he said to me, thank you for taking me into your world. He said, that was awesome yesterday. And I got a photo with mum and dad and he's been showing everyone. And I know it was just a moment for him, but it was, it was a moment that it was for me to see how much that gave him. You fuckers. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you for sharing, man. It's awesome. That's awesome, Izzy. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's, like, I was going to the beach this morning. My uncle Pat, back in Ireland, gets buried today. It's his funeral today, so I was speaking to my uh, my cousin who lives in Melbourne, but I was speaking to back in Ireland. What you just said there really resonated because uh, Benny was speaking to me around the the memories and special moments that he had with his dad and what you just created at the weekend. Like I certainly remember the the 
memories I've had with my dad and you're creating you're creating those photos in the head for life, you know. So thanks for sharing. You set me off there as well. Dave sent me a text message a couple of months after that episode went live. He's given me permission to read this out. Hey, mate, Shannon just reached out to say the bite size is going out tomorrow, which is great. It was serendipitous as I was out for a run and listening to your podcast on Burnout with Dr. Tom. Just want to say the power of your podcast. We have opened our first Victorian chapter this week in Melbourne Beach, two more in Victoria in the next few weeks, Geelong and Barwon Heads, then Cronulla, then Byron Bay, all because of people listening to your podcast. So much gratitude and love. And he did a little Irish green love heart. So getting that message, I felt goosebumps. Love that it's helping them grow their business. We've had this from other guests as well that's helped them sell books, grow business, have more bookings. But I just, yeah, I was moved by that episode with them. Uh, I'm moved that they're continuing to take on the world. The second example is the podcast that I use the most to send to coaching clients. I, I had one of my coaching clients, I'll send this to you, uh, he'll know who it is. He said to me, Maisie, do you just do a podcast so you can send all of us clients information? <laughs> I said, actually, that's how it started because I found I was having the same conversations about the same things with different people. And I was also spending a lot of time doing email follow-up. And Shannon, you know, I get busy and sometimes miss that as well. So when we first did the podcast, it was, hey, what are the topics I'm always sending people info on? And with Richard Burton on purpose, we just had to do an episode on purpose. This is the number one listen to podcast of all time on the Performance Intelligence platform. It still gets multiple listens every single week. Every coaching client, every executive performance program, even when I work with athletes on mental skills, when they move beyond their basic building blocks and get to that next level, and if the P conversation comes up, purpose, don't go past go, don't collect 200 bucks, don't do anything with me until you listen to this podcast. Richard's story is just real. You know, he woke up to the garbage truck early on a Monday morning and just realized he had to leave work. And his framing around the three different types of purpose or the three different levels is the clip I've chosen to play. Not everyone can wake up at 37 and have a supportive wife and just, in inverted commas, throw the career away and go and do something else. What do you do for those people? So the key is awareness. I mean, I totally get it. And we all need to to make money and support our families, etc. But being aware that actually... I'm not on purpose, I need to do that in a work, the awareness is key. So back to your question on three levels of career. The first level is what I call maintenance. You know, you are earning a living. You're turning up five days a week and having parties on weekends and then you do it all again. You've got a job, you're supporting your family and it's, I'm not criticizing that at all. As I said, we all need to do that, but you're at that level one. In 2022, 60% of people were emotionally detached or not engaged. 11% are so disillusioned, uh, they're they're called miserable. Now, I don't want that for people. Uh, And so my encouragement then is to go to level two, which is mastery, where you're thinking about what do I love to do? What am I good at? And knowing my strengths, I actually want to use them. If you know your strength and operate in it, well-being goes up three times, engagement goes up six times, and productivity performance close to 10% increases. Then level three is another level altogether, and that's meaning. 
That's moving from mastery to meaning. That's about leaving a legacy, uh, having a bigger impact on people. It's bigger than you. You've, you know, think about cause. You know, what is the cause that I'm really uh, contributing to? Uh, and so that's another level again. All right, before we go on to learnings about the process and the mechanism of podcasting, I've got to ask, is there one that's popped up? Has anyone missed anything? I've got one little one just from the- Oh, uh, you're doing a me. Hey, just one more. Yeah, just one, one more. more. <laughs> yeah. Just for, from the Dr. Tom episode about cold therapy, I recently injured my ankle moving a bunch of furniture and I went to a physio and I actually ended up dropping that physio because she was saying, you need to ice your ankle every day. And then I went, no, I don't. <laughs> Did you say that to her? I didn't say that to her. I said it in my head, but I would never say that to someone's face. That's really mean. But then I went to another physio and they were using heat on my ankle. So I thought, brilliant. Uh, so the wizard's getting an, a lesson in physiology as we go. Shannon, any others to add? I think an honorable mention for Matt Formston. He was like my number three incredible person. He's got 3% vision, but he's out there surfing, He's a professional surfer, professional cyclist. Can't is a word that's not even in his vocabulary. Um, so that's an episode I shared with a lot of my my friends as well. I was very close to choosing that as well. So very honourable mention. In fact, I spoke to Matt yesterday. He gave me a call. Wizard, I told you this. Matt and his former cycling buddy, his co-pilot, Mick, are going to start their own podcast. And when they do, we'll get them on to help them amplify it. That's and awesome. he said, as a result of the discussion that we had, and Mick listened to it, and then they were talking about it, and they're looking at a partnership podcast. So who people in partnerships and interviewing them. He's inspiring. I just... Uh, recently he was overseas at the World Surfing Championships and I said to him yesterday, oh mate, I just saw you that you've been overseas. He said, yeah, yeah, just for a couple of weeks I'm back now. He's just relocated back to the Central Coast so we'll get to see him a little bit more as well in Sydney. I really enjoyed listening to that podcast back because when you're interviewing sometimes you're so in the moment whereas when I listen back I can really relax. I often do it on a bike ride or going for a walk and I really, I, I learned a lot listening back on that podcast. All right, let's get to the second part today. Wizard, we have learned so much oh, yeah. about the process of podcasting. I mentioned when we first signed up the podcast with NAB and we knew sweet F all. What have you learned? Oh, so many things. I mean, there's just the technical side of podcasting, you know, getting a good recording, editing, all those things. But I think my main thing that I've learned is more of a team effort is just the process we've come up with to create these podcasts, starting from shout out to Luba for the great research. And then we go... Let's hold on, Luba. Luba, you're a bloody legend <laughs> and lawyer by background. And Shannon said to me, how does she get such good information? It's just I tried to do it when she lens. was on leave and I couldn't do it. And then I realized. Oh, come on, let's be honest. You tried to do it when she was on leave and said, I can't wait for Luba. Yeah, to come. I like, I how does she do wait, this? Yeah. But she loves doing research. And that's a really good example of signature strengths or a strengths alignment. Like Luba's got that critical land. She loves going deep on a topic. And the way we do that, because I've been asked a few times as well, so I'll tell people openly, I'll give a rough frame. Here's what I think the interview is going to be. Here's a couple of topics. Here might be an article or a podcast. And Luba does the rest and then comes back and has this matrix. In fact, we had to cut it back because when she first started doing it, I was getting 10, 15 pages. And I went, hey, Luba, this is freaking awesome. But the podcast is going to be five hours. So we've worked out a real process. So Luba, 
I love working with you. We love working with you and you are an essential part of this team. Absolutely. And then we move on to the recording where you've gotten a lot better as well, interviewing people. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. I was saying you've gotten a lot better at picking up on the little threads that people say rather than just powering ahead with whatever questions you had written down. You're picking up on those little comments that people mention and going deeper on those. And I think that's that's really resulting in some great conversations. Yeah, it was one of my reflections on this part, Wiz. My notes are now a guideline, not a crutch. Mm. And when we first started, especially with NAB, and I've listened back to one or two because I heard Amantha Imba talk about listening back and once you get over your own voice and the squeakiness or the resonance or the ums and ahs, whatever, it is a really good learning. And I listened back to some of those first episodes with NAB. Oh, I apologize to all the people we had because I'd come from a keynote speaking background where you're on a stage and you're talking at, not in an ego way, but you know, Shannon, you've seen keynotes. You're there to one, entertain and engage. Two, oh, by the way, give us some content. And if you do that, you continually get booked. But when you do a podcast, you're not holding court and entertaining. Mm. It's listening. It's having that dance. And that's an area actually I've, I'm, I'm happy you picked up on that, Wiz, because I've done a lot of work to try and shift from interrupting people, talking over to talking with. And I think it definitely shows. And then so we move into the editing, which I like to think I've gotten better at. And then on from there, Shannon helps a lot now with the producing of the podcast and creating videos for social media and other sort of content. And Angeline as well with – uh, creating social media and getting that all scheduled and published and thumbnails and all that sort of thing. So I think we've got a real good process and we're just continually improving on it. I want to pick up on that, Thomas, because I want to give a shout out to Angela and I work so closely with her. She's based in the Philippines, but she's working with us on our time zone, which is incredible and always working closely with me. She's Her and I work on the thumbnails and she does all our scheduling and posting and her and I like we're like sidekicks to each other. So having her support really, really helps me do my job and make the podcast better for everybody. Yeah, and you said to me recently how much Angelina is helping. So Angelina as well will make sure you listen to this. God, when you take this time back, it's, it's why the research says you should regularly reflect. A little bit of time in the rearview mirror, a lot of your time looking forward. But if we never slow down, pause, reflect, we can't catch up with ourselves, with our processes and come up with new mental models. So for people listening to this, they'll go, oh, the Performance Intelligence Podcast by Andrew May. No, that's on the logo. Wizard, got your fingers all over it. Shannon, fingers all over it. Luba's doing a wonderful job with the research. And then you've got Angeline helping you as well with all the amplification. Can I also acknowledge Chris Ashmore from Business Essentials? Because you realize you've just rattled off the five steps that Chris told us when we interviewed him. <laughs> yep. And I say this regularly when people say to me, oh, Maisie, can I have a coffee and want to talk about a podcast? Can you give me half an hour and help me set up for a podcast? I go, look, I'll give you half an hour, we'll have a coffee. It's going to take a hell of a lot more than half an hour, though, because there's at least five steps to running a podcast. So number one is booking the talent. And now on my whiteboard upstairs, highly technical, Shannon, uh, Angela Poon, hey, Poonie, was wanting me to put it onto Kanban. I went, no, nah, I want it on a whiteboard. I'm old school, but I like because we can see what's coming up. So I book the talent. Two is it's the research, and we've spoken about that process. Three is the recording. So you've got to get the person in. We try and do a lot live, but with people around the world, we're doing a lot via Zoom. Then once you've got the recording, then the work starts. Four is the editing, and it's the editing now for the audio. It's the editing for YouTube. Yep. We've got the YouTube channel, and it's also editing for the podcast highlights or the trailers that we're using as well. Then five is the amplification on all the different podcast platforms. 
then on LinkedIn, on Instagram and other different socials. Wiz, I want to thank you as well because we would not have anywhere near the numbers we've got without your focus on this, without you getting over imposter syndrome. Thank you, Dr. Nicola. Who knew you could do a product like a podcast and learn the process and it helps us grow a better business? So mate, thumbs up. I really enjoy working with you. You have to listen to me bang on for hours at the time. I reckon you could do some interviews and do some of my presentations now. Yeah, I was saying to someone the other day, I probably I couldn't get the, the style down, right? But I could definitely do all the content that you do in a keynote. All I'd need is your slides. Jennifer, people who don't know me and have no idea what I look like, let's just try Book and Lizard in the future. <laughs> Rock up. Jeez, I didn't realize you had this resplendent big beard. Frosty, what have you learned in the process on podcasting? Because this was all new to you. Yeah. Yeah, this is a whole new world for me. You guys have been doing this for a year now, but I only joined the team about nine months ago. So all new territory for me. I thought you guys had been doing it for a year. So you're very good at what you're doing. Um, but for me, and I'm going to just brag about us for a little bit. For me, I've just noticed recently such an uptick in the feedback we're getting. So family and friends, thank you. They're always supporting us. But a lot of clients and people in the workshops that we're at are coming to us, pulling us aside, saying they're loving the podcast. They're listening to it every week, which is always great to hear. We're seeing people's reviews and comments on social media. So thank you for the reviews. We are we are reading them. Thank you. Keep them coming as well because yeah. it really does help us with some of the conversations which we're having behind the scenes, which we'll talk about soon. Yeah. So I'm, I've just noticed like an uptick. We're obviously just getting more people engaging and building that community. But one that I actually wanted to read for us today was fan mail we got in an email. Um, and this is from Stefan Denchik that I wanted to read out. The guests are amazing and I can learn a lot from someone who has experienced great challenges in life and overcome them. For example, Matt Formston. I also love the production team, reflection sessions with Andrew at the end of each episode, as this is something I would do after listening to one also. Lastly, always great to hear from Andrew himself, what is going on in his life and examples of how he optimizes his own performance with his busy schedule. The podcast is refreshingly Australian. It is great to hear from an Aussie in this space, as generally most podcasts I listen to generate from the US. Andrew is obviously a great speaker and captures his audience quite well with the power of his voice and convincing arguments that are backed by science. Definitely will make, recommend this podcast to others interested in the field. Stefan, thank you for those lovely words. Frosty, thank you for reading it out. Let's get Stefan on for one of the innovations that we're just going to add. On the end of every The Science of episode, we've got a listener series that we're calling PQ and You. That's a listener on the Performance Intelligence podcast who's reached out like Stefan, and they're going to do a reflection for us on what they've learned from the podcast. Oh, that's a great idea, actually, yeah. And then my other learning was... I've noticed a big uptick in the media coverage, which is great. So we've had a lot of publicists and media organizations reach out, which means we're reaching a new audience, which is always great to hear. So humble brag, I wanted to list a couple that we've... <laughs> Does humble brag mean it's not a humble brag? I'm just going to It means I can, I can it. say it. So you were specifically talking about the podcast on Channel 10's morning breakfast show, Studio 10, which is really exciting. There was an article about the podcast and you in the AFR, Sydney Morning Herald, CEO Magazine. You're invited on the po the Politics of Everything podcast. There's quite a few more, but let me stop there before you guys get too red. Yeah, there's been a lot of interest. So thank you to all the 
PR representatives, thank you to all the media people, Sydney Morning Herald, um, The Age have done an article as well, CEO Magazine, the CEO Institute, there's been a whole bunch, especially that higher end that's been picked up, which I think if you ask me what's my specialised markets, I'd say it's mental skills for athletes and high performers and it's executive performance. So interesting, there's been a lot of uptake in media in that executive level. Heaps of learnings, I think there's heaps more to go. So I'm not here going, woohoo, first birthday, done, high five me guys, let's just lock it in. It's a constant process. I'm actually looking forward to doing this next year to see what have we learned, how have we grown. Mm. So summarizing my learnings from this, you've captured them, Wiz. I feel a lot more comfortable now with the interviewing process and to trust the process, to trust the experience, the great research, and then to be more present. So I'm really enjoying that and, and still have a lot more to learn. Second, when we first started this, I thought we're going to run out of guests. <laughs> and I've, I've shifted from scarcity to abundance because when we look at the people now, we're getting contacted, Shannon, regularly by people, high performers, athletes, a range of people to be on the podcast. I look now on the whiteboard list, that's probably six months of interviews because the operating rhythm, we do 10 podcasts and then have a bit of a break. So we align it to the school term. So we do 10 School holidays, do 10. We do that four times a year and have the summer off. So I'm really excited that we're going to be able to keep doing this for years and years to come. What a good segue. Frosty, let's look in the crystal ball. Let's look into the future. What do you see us doing in the next 12 months? Well, there's a lot coming, but I'm really excited about two main parts that I'm leading. We're relaunching your website, andrewmay.com. This is where we'll house a lot of the episodes for the podcast. New content will be highlighted there and it'll just make it a lot easier for people to actually find us and share the content. So we're working on that behind the scenes. The second part is launching our YouTube page. We've always been filming all the episodes. We've been using it for marketing. Yeah, Paul Wizard at the start. I said, oh, also, <laughs> by the way, I've got no freaking idea about podcasting. And we're going to film everyone. And you said, do you really need to? And I said, yeah, look, it's the Americans and the English I see leading this. They all film and it's good to, to market. And I said, I don't know why, what, where, how, when, but I reckon we'll be able to use this for other areas. And we do. We use a lot of those clips now for our performance coach, which we call Performance Toolbox, which is really helping a lot of our bigger corporate audiences with the bite-sized nuggets we're getting from the podcast. So yeah, now specifically focusing on YouTube. Yeah, because a lot of people love to watch um, podcasts. I do that a lot. So we're going to be putting this big catalog of episodes on YouTube. You can engage in the comments, easily share it with your friends. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, and to piggyback off that, I'm looking forward to launching the YouTube channel as well. We'll have like you were saying, we've filmed all the podcasts that we've ever made, so we'll have somewhere to put them finally in their full length, which will be good, and then we can put all the little bite-sized videos up as well if people need to look at th look at those. So that's coming soon. We'll put links to that in the description when it's ready, and I'm looking forward to that. And then the other thing I'm looking forward to is growing our team even more as the podcast itself grows. So I've been talking to someone about helping me out edit those full-length YouTube videos. And who knows, we might get some more research. The Wizard's or, got his own organization yeah. chart. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Angela Poon for putting the word process in my brain. So <laughs> that's the one person that hasn't been mentioned yet. But we're growing the team. It's really exciting. Mm. Yeah, and even the reflection today, we, to quote Chris Ashmore, you book the talent, you do the research, you record the interview, you record audio, we also record video. Mm -hmm. You then edit, 
You edit the podcast, you edit the YouTube channel, you edit all the best bits, you edit the trailer, you edit the other parts that we're doing for some of our corporate programs, then you amplify. It's a huge process. Oh, yeah. Huge process. I am really excited about everything you've all mentioned, and I'll add two other components and then we'll wrap this birthday special up. On top of everything you have both said, I'm looking forward to continuing what we're doing, to have great conversations with great people and to increase our listenership. Because Shannon, like you, I really like looking at the stats. And we're now just under 10,000 downloads per month. And that's the second part I'm really going to focus on in the next 12 months is I want to commercialize this. Whenever I'm asked, Shannon, you've heard this multiple times, oh, Andrew, why do you do podcasting? Or why should I do podcasting? I'll always say number one, do it because you love it. Craig Harper told us, Wiz, in one of the podcasts we've done with Harps, he did over 500 episodes before he made any money. 500. So he did it for years and years and years. Harps is now one of the most downloaded podcasts in Australia, but he did loads and loads of reps and sets before he commercialized it. So I say to people, number one, make sure you love the medium. Two, the reason I do podcasting is because I get to speak to great people and I learn a lot. I learn so much through podcasting. Three, I do want to commercialize it. We're having a conversation at the moment with a potential sponsor, which is exciting. Someone has reached out, an organization, and I am going to really take carriage of that. Once we're up over that 10,000 and get to 15 and 20,000, yes, we do this because we love it. We want to make it even better. I'd love us to have our own app down the track, but I'll keep that off the radar for the moment because you'll both freak out. But we really want to commercialize this. So whether that's partnering with a bigger platform, whether it's individual sponsors, open to all different avenues. If you're listening to this and you think that the Performance Intelligence Podcast aligns well with your brand and your message, reach out. We'd love to have a conversation because at the very least, wouldn't it be nice to have enough money to break even on this? And then we can start adding some of those other aspirational parts of the podcast we'd all like to do in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. Frosty, you're good at wrapping me up to keep me on time for meetings and talks (laughs) and everything else. So why don't you wrap us up? Yeah, well, this has been great to reflect on the the series that we've had this year and episodes. We're such a small team producing a podcast that's reaching thousands of people every week. So it's quite surreal and a privilege. So I wanted to say thank you to the team, of course, but to the listeners listening to this. If you've gotten to the end of this episode, you're an OG. You are our favorite people right now. So thank you so much. I'll back that up. Thank you to the listeners. Without listeners, you don't have a podcast. So we are so appreciative. We get so excited when we see the numbers go up. We get so excited every time we see a comment. Wiz, we get so excited now that we're publishing on time and we've got a publishing schedule about a month in advance. You guys rock. Okay, great. Well, Andrew, I know you've got a meeting now, so I think let's get going. You're actually not joking, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. This This has been really enjoyable to do the reflection. We had a really rough frame. Let's do this every year. Yeah. Sounds good. Can we finish with a song? No. No, no. Happy birthday. (laughs) And stop the recording. (laughs)